it's so great to hear what God can do in a person's life. If we've come to Jesus and we've repented and we've received forgiveness, we have a redemption story. I know all of our lives, all of our circumstances, they're unique, but we were all lost once. We were all in that same desperate place. Shannon described, she just described being in a place of desperation, despondency. And that was us even even if our upbringing was the best, even if we had the best comforts of life and we had all of the luxuries that the world can offer without Jesus, we're still in a desperate place. But with Jesus, with Jesus, what a difference, what a difference. And Shannon, I loved how you put it. A second opportunity at life or in life And if you've never received that second opportunity in life, Jesus had a word for it. He called it being born again, being born again. And if that's not you this morning, it can be. You can receive that second opportunity today. Whether you have wealth and all the luxuries and comforts the world has to offer, or if you're living under a bridge. Without Jesus, you're in this desperate place and you need, you need that second birth. And he's here this morning. He's here this morning to give you that. And I, I, and I know too that this room is full of those who you can confess just like Shannon did. I have put my faith in Jesus. You've been to that place and you're born again and you know what she's talking about. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's what we all need. And I could talk all morning about how rich and wonderful and beautiful salvation is. The salvation that so many of us right here in this room that we all share. It's a wonderful thing, yet I know, I know that at times our faith and our trust in Jesus, it can be challenged. And I wanna talk about that this morning. We're, we're going to talk from one of the briefest letters in the New Testament. It's not the shortest letter, but close. And that is the letter of Jude. Jude talks about the wonderfulness of salvation, but also he writes about sometimes that awesome, beautiful, wonderful salvation. It can be challenged a little bit. And how do we deal with it? Jude uh, was a lover of salvation. He was a brother of Jesus. Like James, James who wrote his letter and uh, was a brother of Jesus. Jude was a brother of Jesus. Uh, These brothers of Jesus are mentioned in Matthew's gospel. Jude loved salvation. He wanted to write about it. Let's, uh, Let's acquaint ourselves with that from a couple of verses right at the open of his letter. Jude's only one chapter. This is uh, verses three and four. He wrote... Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, Jude loved it. He wanted to write about salvation. I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share. I felt compelled to write and urge you 
to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So Jude wanted to write about salvation. He wanted to write about the wonderfulness, the, uh, the greatness, the sweetness of salvation. But he changed course. He wrote, I, I'm compelled. I'm compelled to exhort the church to contend for the faith. And by the faith, the faith, by that Jude meant uh, the body, the sum total, all of the teachings, the doctrines of Christ, all of the gospel, everything that entails God the Father sending us his son, Jesus Christ, and filling us with the Holy Spirit. That's a sentence from what you said. That's just you. That's the gospel kind of in, in one line. And our faith and faith encompasses all of that. That's the faith that Jude was writing about. Contend for the faith. And we've encapsulated what this wholeness, this bigness of the faith is. We've, it's been encapsulated in a form that we call the Apostles' Creed. Something that we can get into our hearts and we can get into uh, our memories and recite and know these are the these are the key things about the faith. And we encourage all in our rooted classes to commit that to memory, the faith. Let's recite it together. It's a it, it, it's a statement of the faith. This Apostles' Creed. I know many of you here. You've committed it to memory. Let's say it. Let's say it. we sung a little bit about it earlier. Let's say what we believe and. Uh, recite our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. That, that, yes, that is... It's an encapsulation of the faith. It's an embodiment of the faith. Jude wrote, I was eager to write to you about salvation, but I was compelled. I was compelled. I need to encourage you, contend for the faith. Why? Why? Well, he, he explained it. There are ungodly people that have slipped in. They're perverting the faith. And he wrote, they deny Jesus Christ as our only sovereign and Lord. 
Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the one and the only way to be reconciled with God that is foundational. We've just recited some of the tenets of the faith. It's foundational. Jesus is the only way to God. He's the only way for our sin to be atoned for. He came in the the form of a man. He took on flesh and blood, died to pay for our penalty for sin. And, And he was resurrected. He beat the grave. Jesus is the only way. Last Sunday, you heard that. Pastor Barry stood up here and he said that the church, this church, will stand on the exclusivity of Jesus Christ as the only way to be saved. And I echo that and, uh, of course, emphatically agree with it that that is where we will stand. And Barry, Pastor Barry went on to say, and that message is not popular. It isn't. It isn't. The culture does not like it. The culture does not like that we say Jesus is the only way because they want to go through the way of flesh, they, whatever makes you happy, these things, uh, new ageisms, all of it. These are ways for you to uh, be fulfilled and to reach nirvanas, whatever. Church, the, the culture doesn't like that Jesus is the only way. And even in the church, even in the church, some reject the exclusivity of Jesus and offer, oh, there's other ways for you to be reconciled to God. Jude wrote, they have slipped in among you, ungodly people who pervert the grace of God and turn it into a license for immorality. So it's nothing new. It's nothing we should be shocked by. It was happening when Jude wrote his letter. That was the first century, maybe as early as the year 40. So suffice it to say, the faith, the faith has been challenged since the time of the earliest believers. We're not unusual. We're not really any different. Jesus is the only way, the only sovereign. It was denied then. It's not popular now. Uh, Jude went on in his brief letter to compare those who deny Jesus with the examples that he had from the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. For Jude, it was the scripture. It was the only scripture really for him because the New Testament was being formed. It didn't really exist. So he used examples from the past to say, hey, these are like the ones who are denying Jesus. And in his brief letter, he gave a list. Cain, he said, they're like Cain. Cain who had killed his brother Abel. He said, it's like those in Sodom and Gomorrah who had given themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. He said, it's like the prophet Balaam, who in the Old Testament, you read about him, he He wanted to uh, receive money for his prophecies. He was the prophet for hire. Jude said, those who deny Jesus are like those who grumbled against Moses. And and they grumbled also against God at the same time they were grumbling against Moses after God had so miraculously saved them. What did we hear earlier in the, the morning from Cameron? He encouraged us that Moses... All these great things occurred 
by God's hand through Moses, the sea parted and manna from heaven and water from a rock. And yet there were those who grumbled against it and grumbled against Moses and God. And Jude said, these are like the ones who denied Jesus. And then verse 19, he kind of gave just a summary, a, a little summary. Verse 19, he wrote, these are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. Those who deny Jesus, they're all about themselves. They have an agenda, an agenda of the flesh, their natural feelings, their natural urges and impulses. Jude wrote their natural instincts, and they don't have the Holy Spirit. But you do. You do. You who are here, and you've been born again, you can say, I have the Holy Spirit. Jude talks about these that, that have crept in and, and, and they are denying Jesus. And it can sound like a really kind of heavy and a downer of a letter, but he closes with great encouragement. And he brings this encouragement at the end of his letter he gives this call to stay steadfast in the faith and to resist the influence of these who would deny Jesus. Verses 20 to 23. So after verse 19 where he said, these people, they divide you and they follow their natural instincts. They don't have the spirit, but you. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. In other words, as you, you wait to go to glory or till Jesus returns, and then be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire, and to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So, dear friends, dear friends, our faith, it may be being confronted. It is being confronted. But build yourselves in your most holy faith. And again, that faith, that faith that Jude's writing about is the, the fullness, the, the totality, the sum, the whole of all that we believe about the Father sending his son Jesus Christ to die for us and then giving us the spirit to live in us. Build yourselves up in that faith. And how do you do that? It's easy to say, but what are some practical ways? What are ways that we can build ourselves in our most holy faith? We heard Shannon up here giving her testimony. She had a couple of great, excellent, excellent practical ways. She said, my goal is to continue to study and grow in the word of God. That's a great, that's number one. There's a great practical way to build yourself in your most holy faith. Do what Shannon said she's gonna do. Make it your goal, make it your aim to be in God's word continually. It's foundational to our faith. It's the source of all truth. Read his word, listen to his word. You can do that, just you hit that little you know, triangle button that points to the right and you can listen to his word. 
You can get it into. We live in this great day of technology. There's so many ways for us to get the word of God into us and into our hearts to, to help us. And it'll deepen our understanding of him. And when, when you do that, when you get that word in you, you will grow in your knowledge of him and your faith. That faith, the faith will be strengthened. Let me give you a few more practical ways that we can build ourselves and our most holy faith. Another, keep doing what you're doing right now. I don't need to encourage everyone in this room because you're here. But if it isn't your habit to be here, and again, we were, we, we've been encouraged to not forsake the assembling together. Let's make it regular. It's not an occasional thing to be in church on Sunday. It shouldn't be sporadic or intermittent. Not, not an intermittent activity in your life, but habitual, regular. Let's be together regularly like we are right now. The New Testament speaks of believers gathering on the first day of the week. The first day of the week. That's not a few times a year. The first day of the week comes along 52 times a year. The first day of the week, let's gather together. Uh, when the great apostle Paul wrote his letter to the church in Corinth, he said, when you come together, we don't just come together for uh, a social time. He said, no, when you come together, have a song, a word of instruction, a revelation, everything for the building up of the body of Christ, the building up and the strengthening of the body. Coming together builds the body of faith and it also builds us as individuals in our faith because together we hear the word of God, we're taught and then we're inspired. We can be inspired and lifted up here, kind of fueled up to get on with the week. On Wednesday night, on Wednesday night, Michael Spencer was leading worship. And he gave this great exhortation about what it means to be together in worship. And Michael alluded to Psalm number 22 which speaks about God being enthroned on the praises of his people. He gave this great exhortation, let's come together and worship. And he, he, he said, just envision, picture God there on a throne, enthroned on, the, on your praises. This is what happens when we come together. Let's, let's be part of enthroning God. There's another Psalm, Psalm 52, uh, where the great King David wrote, for what you have done, Lord, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. Has God done something for you? Has he done something for you? Then come be together here and praise him with his faithful people. Let's be together. Let's not uh, make it just a, a, a sporadic event in our life. Another way, another way to uh, build our faith is uh, seek accountability. That's something that our men's group has been talking about for the past number of months. Last month, we were instructed from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. Two are better than one. And that applies to all of us, not just the men. Two are better than one. If either falls, one can help the other up. One may be overpowered, 
but two can defend themselves. We also have the example of Jesus. How did Jesus send out his disciples? He didn't say, go, go singularly. He sent his disciples out two by two, knowing that if one fell, the other could raise the other one up. There's power together. So make trusted Christian friends, friends with whom you can, you can hold each other accountable in your spiritual growth and your walk. If one is strained, you can pick up the phone, you can send a text message, you can do whatever uh, ways we have. We've got so many ways to communicate, but communicate. Hey, where are you? It's the first day of the week. I don't see you at church. Is there something going on? Put out that, that care and, and be accountable and make yourself accountable. And, and then when that call comes, if you've been missing or if someone else has been missing and you've made the call, it's not going to be insulting. It's going to be thank you for your care and your love. Seek accountability. Another practical way to, to build uh, the faith Serve others. Serving, it, it takes the focus off of self. Now, Jude wrote about these who had these, their, their natural instincts. They were focused on themselves, their flesh. When you serve someone else, it takes the focus off of you. It imitates Jesus. Jesus, who is God. And yet he took on human flesh and blood and he became a servant. That's what the letter Paul wrote to the church in Philippi said. Jesus didn't consider staying in glory something that he should hold on to. He let it go. He condescended. He came down. He took on flesh and blood so that he could serve us. He became a servant. And he served to the point of giving his life. He's our, he's our model. Serving exemplifies Jesus, and it often involves humbling of ourselves, intentionally doing things uh, or going to places we might not normally go, doing things we might not normally do with an attitude, an attitude of, we're doing it for Jesus, not doing it for ourselves. And Jude says as much, Jude says as much, verses 22 and 23 where he wrote, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. So others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing corrupted by flesh. Building yourselves in the faith, it involves serving others by sharing your faith. Serving even those who would deny Jesus. Jude makes this encouragement and, and it's not to do something uh, vengeful or hurtful, but out of love. He says, be merciful to those who doubt. Some deny Jesus because they doubt. Sometimes when we doubt, we, we might dig our heels in and push back on something really hard. And, and that can happen with people who, who doubt Jesus. And Jesus showed them mercy. He writes about these who are, who are perverting the faith, but he doesn't say, come down hard on them or let's ask God to cast them into hell. No, he says, be merciful. Be merciful. 
Show them mercy like you were shown mercy. We were all shown mercy because we were in that desperate place. And, and we're born again. We, sh- we were shown the mercy to get to that place. You know, and, and I know all of our stories are different. We heard how, how Shannon's life got to the point where she received that mercy. And we were all at that point where we were deniers of the faith. Living in a world, doing what we wanted to do. And now that we know better, Jude says, show those who doubt mercy like you were shown mercy. Others who deny Jesus, they're not in a good place. Jesus says they're in the fire. But he doesn't say let them burn. Help snatch them out. Share how Jesus pulled you from the fire. How he lifted you from the pit. How he extinguished that fire in your life. And then he says to others, show mercy mixed with fear. Hating even the clothing corrupted uh, by flesh or stained by corrupted flesh. And what does that mean? What does he mean by that? Judas saints serve them by being merciful, share your faith, but be careful. Don't be drawn into their sin. He gives this image of clothing, you know, corrupted by flesh. Just picture if you got like a bad gash on your arm, you know, and then you just put your shirt on. It's gonna bleed through your shirt. It's gonna show through. Your shirt's gonna get stained up. And, and this is the image that, that Jude is writing about, the image of clothing corrupted by flesh. It's the image of the, the consequences, the far-reaching consequences of sin, how sin defiles and, and corrupts what it touches. Jude says, hate what the sin corrupts. In other words, be be on guard because sin can bleed out beyond its point of origin and it can corrupt what it touches. So don't let it touch you as you seek to help someone. When you seek to help another lost in sin, have a healthy fear of that sin, especially if it's something that you were stuck in once. If you were once part of what someone else is in that you're trying to help them, don't get pulled back. Don't don't let it take a hold of you again. Serve others by showing them the mercy of Jesus, but be on guard that you don't get pulled in. Another practical way, another practical way to build your holy faith, this is what Jude wrote. He said, pray in the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to prompt your prayers, to guide your prayers, to help you. Be sensitive to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. We've sung about that today. We've talked about it. We've confessed our faith that God the Father sent Jesus. Jesus didn't leave us as orphans. He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't, isn't something to be afraid of or isn't some, something to be mis- mysteriously, you know, we should shy away from. no. The Holy Spirit will help us. Let's appeal to the Spirit for help and for guidance and for direction through the book of Acts and in the letters that the apostles wrote. There are so many examples, so many examples of where human power fell short, but the empowering of the Holy Spirit enabled followers of Christ to have great faith. 
uh, to prophesy, to heal others, to do miracles, to endure, to endure hardships, to endure pain for the cause of Christ, and to intercede for others, to pray for others, and to pray even when words fell short. The Holy Spirit was there to help one pray. So pray with the prompting and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it can help others and it can build our own faith and strengthen our faith. Shannon, she, you made a mention of it that you prayed. You, you prayed, she was struggling with understanding uh, some of the teachings in the class. But she prayed and I believe, this is a Holy Spirit-led prayer, simple prayer, Lord, help me. Help me to understand. Spirit prompt and pray this. Pray this and God helps her. Open her eyes and her heart to understanding. Let's, let's latch onto that and never take it for granted. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide your prayer, lead your prayer, prompt your prayer. Don't leave it out. Don't leave it out. I conclude with one one more practical way, and there's more. I'm sure you can add to my, my brief list today. We often talk about Bible reading and prayer and worship and gathering together and all of these important items that are necessary for us as Christians to build our faith, and they are important, they are necessary. However, I think there's one action that sometimes, it, it just sometimes gets overlooked, and that's, Simply being grateful to God, being thankful. And, and that was something, too, we heard in the testimonial this morning. The goal, the goal was to be in God's word and study and grow and give thanks. Give thanks for his grace in giving that second opportunity in life. Never forget that. Give thanks for your salvation. Jude wanted to write about salvation. But he said, ah, I've got to, I, I've, it just, I'm compelled to tell you to contend for the faith. But salvation's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's a great grace and gift of God. Give thanks every day, every opportunity. Because you have had that second chance in life, that second opportunity in life. Jesus said, you must be born again. Not of the flesh, not a birth of the flesh, but a birth of the the spirit, all must experience the second birth. And that second birth comes about when we acknowledge that God gave his son to die for our sin and atone for our sin. You know, we heard that last week. Last week, that was, that was part of the message from Pastor Barry. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's from the book of Romans. You'll be saved, you'll be born again. You'll come from death to life, a second birth, a second opportunity in life. And if you can say it in your heart of hearts today, if you can say, I'm born again, be thankful for that, be grateful for that. Tell God, thank you, thank you. It's an, it's an amazing gift of grace. Thank God daily for Jesus. Appreciate that new life. Build yourself in that. Be emboldened in that. And that, that'll help you tell someone else. 
If you're, if you're so thankful for that, man, it, it becomes easier to tell others. So continue in these. Continue in these ways of building up your most holy faith. And that's not just for these who are sitting in front of me in this front row today. It's for everyone here. Continue it. Continue to build your faith in the, the word of God by, by regularly being here together, by being accountable to others, by serving others, by praying in the Holy Spirit, by being thankful. It's not for a few people. It's for all of us. It's for all of us, all who've received Christ. Jude concluded his letter this way. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. It's because you're, you got Jesus standing in front of you. You can present it before God without fault. It's such an amazing thing. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. That's a great closing benediction. It's a great prayer. And it's the kind of prayer we want to pray over this group of people in the front row this morning, this class that has taken time to study and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to pray such a prayer, a confirming prayer. The New Testament speaks of those that the apostles laid hands on after they were taught, after they had come to Christ and they took some time to learn about their faith. There are these accounts in the New Testament where hands were laid on them, they were prayed for. Their faith was confirmed, settled, rooted, established. And that's what we want to pray for these here this morning, that God would just root them strong and keep them in the faith. I'm trying to invite them to the altars right now, and we're going to pray. Uh, and so beginning to my right, I'm going to invite Denise Borowski and Colin Cantrell and Haley Kramer. And uh, here in the center altar, Michael Killian, Denise Monet, and Shannon Reed. And to my left, Neb Stevanovich and Robin Stevanovich. And we're missing John Tomes today. He's, uh, he's ill, but we will pray for him. I'll invite our, our uh, presbytery, our elders, and our ministers, if you'd come to these altars, let's pray. Let's just ask God to do a great work by the power of his Holy Spirit and all of these individuals and in our congregation. I want to invite you to stand and pray with us and uh, be a part of this prayer. For these, so many of you here have received such a prayer of confirmation, join us. Join us as we pray. Uh, you can uh, stretch out your hands if you like. I wanna invite you at the altars to kneel as we pray. And let's just invite God to confirm these before us. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
God, we just confirm those who are right here at these altars. God, we ask that you would confirm them in their faith, the whole faith, all of it, the whole, the totality, the gospel, the sum of it. God, all of it, from you being God the Father to sending your son Jesus to giving us the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just pray that you would confirm and root and establish each one of these in their faith strongly, Lord, with firmness. Lord, may the roots of their faith go down deep. May they be like those, like a tree planted by a river of water, bringing forth fruit. May they, may they bear fruit for the kingdom of God, each one of them, God. Lord, that you would keep them, guard them, watch over them as they grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ and present fruit, Lord, and may the fruit blossom for the kingdom of God, Lord. May you use them as lights and witnesses, God. Lord, advance them, God. Expose gifts and talents in them. Pour out the Holy Spirit in them, Lord. Give them gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord, beyond what we could ask, think, or imagine, beyond what they could ask or imagine, Lord. Use them in powerful and mighty ways. Bless them, keep them. Strengthen them, establish them, God. And it's the faith that we've talked so much about this morning. Lord, may they be people of your word. May they ever look to your word, God, for guidance, direction. May they stay in that habit of meeting together, Lord. May they make themselves accountable to others and serve others, God, and share their faith and be witnesses. And may they be seekers, Lord seekers of the Holy Spirit and pray in the Spirit and always be grateful. May they ever be grateful for this, the great faith that you have, by the grace, by your grace, that you've gifted them this second opportunity, this, this newness of life, salvation. Bless them in it, God. Bless them in it, Father. We ask all these things, our God and our Father, in that mighty and that powerful name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We believe. We believe in the, the, the power of what the Word of God says. You lay hands on someone pray over them, and the Holy Spirit does a work. We believe it with all our hearts, and I want to ask all of you to share in the great day that all of these up front have experienced, and I, I'm going to dismiss them now, right now, to our dining room, where we're going to be there in a minute to be with them. We've got some great things uh, in the dining room. If you've been accustomed to coming where we have some punch and cookies, I've been told it's a little better than cookies today. So I, I want to make that an encouragement to you. Don't just run off into the parking lot this morning. Just take a minute, take a minute or two to stop into our dining room. And if you're unfamiliar, if you're visiting with us today, when you leave out of this sanctuary, just go left. Go left and follow the group down the hall to the right then and into our dining room where we can meet uh, this great group of people 
and we can encourage them to continue in their growth. Before you leave, let's just ask a, a, a prayer blessing on all of you here this morning that God would bless and keep you all. And let's also just ask him to bless our time in the dining room. Father, thank you. Thank you for this congregation of people. Thank you, Lord, for all that are here. God, I pray, Lord, that you would continue the, the building of faith in all of us, in all of us. Lord, if we meet someone who's denying the faith, Lord, help us be like Jude encourages us to be, merciful, merciful to those who are lost, to those who deny Jesus, to those who are in the fire. God, help us to show them the mercy and the grace and the love of the Savior we know, Jesus. God, I ask that for all of those who are here, those who've gathered uh, even online, that you would bless us all in that. And Lord, and for the next uh, little bit in our dining rooms, we just ask your grace. We thank you for what's been prepared for us to enjoy. You're a good, good Father, and we thank you for your provision. We pray you bless our time. We ask it, Father, all of it, in the name of Jesus, our precious Lord and Savior, amen. Amen.